Good morning. Welcome to the worship service this morning on this beautiful Arizona day. I hope you were all reminded of your baptism today. Which happens to be the theme for Lent, but we're not going to go out of order because it won't match up the slides. Welcome to you in the sanctuary. Welcome to those who are viewing us online. It truly is a marvelous day that we're able to take and celebrate God's gift of rain. Um, so we continue to take and live always in this thing called the desert. So we know we need every drop. Um, as we begin our worship, we know that we begin always with our mission statement that truly is and has become so much a part of the DNA of this place. So, at Desert Hills we celebrate, Grace. we make, Disciples. who, make a very good. This morning, we are recognizing and celebrating the women of the church. Note that you better have, if you came in this morning, gotten a blue envelope. Nod your head. Yes, you got a blue envelope. Um, one of the things is, is that that is going to be the thank offering that is given to the two different, two different organizations, the Chilstrom Fund for ELCA Seminarian Women and the Grants for Women and Children in Crisis. You will take this envelope with your money and not put it in the offering plate. There will be baskets in the back. Um, so as you leave, the ladies will be there so that you can put your offering right into that plate where we can keep it a little bit separate. This morning was a cold morning, correct? If you happen to get cold during the worship service, there are quilts around that you can just bundle right up in. Uh, note that there's also a price tag on those. So, you know, we'd hate to have used quilts. So, no. Um, the sewing bee is placed these quilts here, and, and there are price tags on them. Uh, and if you would like to purchase one, there's a table in the hallway, the north hallway, where you can take the price tag and go and write your check. Uh, those, those funds will be used for some local charities here in town. So if you see something that you like, take it. I think, I don't know how many quilts we've already sold, but it is really a, an impressive ministry. As I said earlier, we begin this Wednesday with our Lenten services. Lenten service will be at 7 o'clock. A soup supper begins at 6 and a hymn sing at 645. The theme for this Lenten season is about baptism, so it does all fit in, and God so wonderfully provides. Um, to note also then, this on March 4th, we'll be having a celebration of life for Joan Magine. Um, be with her, if, if with the family of gathering, or if you would just like to remember her in your prayers that during that time. On March 9th, Pastor Mateo Chavez will be here doing Latino faith practices on March 9th from 1 to 2 p.m. Uh, Mateo, Pastor Mateo, uh, is the pastor at San Juan Batista in Tucson. And, and it's really going to be an informative, informative time. The Welka Kino Conference is going to be March 18th, Saturday, March 18th. Uh, it's where the women get a chance to host other women from the conference or surrounding Tucson and Sierra Vista. Um, note that the registration deadline is March 4th. Don't miss it, because you know how 
that works. Don't expect to come to the fifth because they won't let you in. There's a lot of things that are happening this week. Um, note that the half sheet is in the back. You'll note that there's also a difference. Um, on the other side, it has kind of the sermon notes um, so that you can take and see what was preached today as well as the schedule, the upcoming schedule. If you have any questions, please check out the website or give the church office a call and we'll gladly help you as we continue to keep organized here about the wonderful ministries that God continues to provide in this place. Well, let's begin our service then with a word of prayer. Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you for the rain, O oh God, that continues to take and water your earth. We thank you, Lord, for this time where we're able to take and focus upon, upon you, to give you our praise and our thanksgiving as we continue to be reminded of our forgiveness and the grace that comes because of your Son. God, bless us now as we come and give you our worship. God, knowing that you are the one that has been brought before us, that makes the journey of life with us, and giving us the strength that we need in this moment, in this day. All of these things, oh God, we pray because of and through your blessed Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please stand as we sing our opening hymn. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God, our strength, the struggle between good and evil rages within and around us, and the devil and all the forces that defy you tempt us with empty promises. Keep us steadfast in your word, and when we fall, raise us again and restore us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today's first scripture reading is from Genesis, selected verses from chapters 2 and 3. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but... You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say 
You must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The word of the Lord.
Today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. The Gospel of the Lord. For those worshiping in sanctuary or online, may God's amazing grace, God's love for you and for me, fill us this day with hope and peace. Amen. Today is the first Sunday in this journey of Lent. And as always, this first Sunday in Lent, we always begin with the temptation of Jesus. Where Jesus, after his baptism, after God reminds him that he is God's beloved, the Holy Spirit sends Jesus out into the wilderness. What's interesting about the beginning of Lent and the beginning of Epiphany, which is a season that we just finished, that in the season of Epiphany, we always begin with the baptism of Jesus. And there we talk about how God reveals God's self through Jesus to us and to the world. And now we take that next step where Jesus is sent out to be tempted. So that he can be prepared for the ministry that he's about to engage. This transition reminds us that God has shown us God's faithfulness and how God has been revealed to us. So that when we are tempted... As Jesus is tempted, we continue to trust God's promises for us. And really the journey of Lent is reminding ourselves and how to stay focused on the promises of God in the midst of our broken world and broken lives. The, the, the reality of being tempted. Now what does it mean to be tempted? Oftentimes when we use the word being tempted or temptation, we think of that extra brownie sitting on the kitchen counter. We're tempted to eat that last one. What does it mean to be tempted? Or we think about tempt temptation as doing the wrong things or bad behavior. We oftentimes think of sin as behavior and not a mistrust. 
But if you look at the beginning of Scripture, if you look at the story in Genesis, we see that sin and temptation is about where we put our trust. Here again the story from Genesis. God has created Adam and Eve and he's placed them in the garden to care for all that God has created. And God has told them, don't eat from that tree in the middle. Because if you do, you will die. Well, it doesn't take long before this crafty serpent shows up. And this serpent goes to the woman and says, let me ask you a question. Did God really say you will die if you eat that fruit? And the woman responds, that's what God said. God said if we eat this fruit or even touch it, we will die. But then the serpent just changes a little bit. and says, well, you know, God's not telling you the full story. God knows that if you eat this fruit, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And in fact, we're told that's exactly what happened when they ate the fruit. Their eyes were open, but instead of being like God, they become afraid. They become ashamed. They hide themselves. And ultimately, death enters in. See, the serpent took a truth and twisted it just enough for Adam and Eve to mistrust what God had told them. To trust this idea that they could be God for themselves. That no longer did they need to trust God for their life. They could trust their own knowledge, their own abilities. And is it that really what temptation is? <laughs> is it temptation really trusting something else besides God? For your life, for your hope, for your success. If we go to Matthew, we hear Jesus. Jesus, after being baptized, being proclaimed the Son of God, who God is well pleased, is sent by the Holy Spirit out into the desert, out into the wilderness. As has his ancestors. Over and over again in scripture. We hear individuals sent out into the wilderness. There to experience and learn from God. We hear that from Moses. We hear that from the people of Israel. As they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. As God prepared them to enter the promised land. The writer of Matthew is reminding us and the people there that Jesus, like the ancestors before, was sent out into the wilderness to encounter God and to prepare him for the ministry he was about to be there. And not only did Jesus go on the wilderness, but Jesus, like a faithful Jew in Jesus' day, he fasted. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights so that he was preparing himself for his ministry. And we're told after 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus is tired. And he's hungry. He's exhausted. And isn't that oftentimes when temptations come to us the most? When we're tired. 
exhausted, hungry, confused, overwhelmed? Isn't that oftentimes the place where we are tempted to trust something else? Something else to give us what we hope for. Something else to pull us out of the situation that we are in. We cry out and we look for some type of answer to give us hope. Whether that's a new relationship, our bank accounts, our own skills. We are tempted when we are feeling overwhelmed to look for something to trust in. And that is when we face our greatest temptations. It's the same thing with Jesus. Exhausted and tired, Jesus is encountered by the devil, the tempter. And the first temptation, Jesus, if, if you are the son of God, that's what I've heard. If you are the son of God, then just take some rocks. Change them to some bread. Feed your body. It's crying out in hunger. Now, we know this is no big deal for Jesus. We know he feeds 5,000. He feeds 4,000. We hear stories that Jesus tells these fishermen who have not caught any fish, cast your net on the other side, and there's a great abundance. This is not something that Jesus could not do. He could turn those few stones into bread. What's the harm, Jesus, if you're the son of God? See how easy it is for us to sometimes be twisted by saying, if you're so good, just do this. If you think this way, just do that. Prove it to yourself and to others how good you are. And Jesus says to the tempter and to us, we as human beings do not just live by the things we need for our bodies we need the very things that fill us with life and hope, which is God's word. That trusting just your physical needs will not satisfy your life. So then Jesus is taken up on top of the temple in Jerusalem. The place where God is called to dwell. The place where people of Israel come to worship and to offer sacrifice. There the tempter says, Jesus, the scripture tells you that if you were to jump, God's angels would grab you and protect you and you would not harm your foot. You would not be harmed. God would watch over you. Do we at times when we're being tempted demand God to show us again God's love and God's presence? Are we tempted to say to God, God, yeah, you helped me out yesterday, but what have you done for me lately? What I need something now. I need your miracle now. And we cry out to God, and when we don't get the response we want, we're tempted to look for something else to trust. Jesus reminds us and the tempter not to tempt the Lord your God, but to trust in God's promises. To trust how God has been faithful to you and to God's people throughout history. That's why we hear these stories over and over again. 
Because we need to be reminded how faithful God is. Despite what we may be experiencing at this moment. That God's faithfulness will endure. God's love is everlasting. And we can trust that. Even when we are tempted to look somewhere else. And then finally. Finally, the devil takes Jesus to the highest mountain and shows Jesus the splendor of the world. All the kingdoms of the world. Think about this. Think how amazing it would be if Jesus would take control. The Romans would be kicked out. People would be fed. Justice would be served. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Throughout Jesus' ministry, he had many individuals claiming and asking Jesus to do just that. Jesus, kick the Romans out. Jesus, bring in your kingdom. Even on the cross. The crowd cheers. He saved others. If he is the son of God, come down and show us your power. See, the temptations don't stop, do they? And as Jesus looked out on the vast kingdoms of the world in all its glory. As the devil proclaims to him, I'll give it all to you. All you have to do is worship me. Jesus understands the deep truth of every temptation. It's always a lie. You see, the devil has no power. The power the devil has is the power of the lie. The, the devil is called the deceiver. The father of lies. God has power. God is the one that created you. God is the one that's claimed you. The evil, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call it, has no power over you unless you give it its power. Unless you're willing to believe its lies. That somehow it's stronger than God. The one that created the universe. The devil does not love you. The devil doesn't care about you. All evil cares is about destroying us. And Jesus understood that the devil had no authority to give him the kingdoms. Because those are God's kingdoms. And he says to Satan, be away. Worship, love, trust only the Lord your God who is the creator of the universe. See, sisters and brothers in Christ, this season of Lent is a time for us to remind ourselves, despite what's going on in our lives, in our world, we are called as people of faith to trust and continue to walk this journey of faith. We see it in Jesus' own ministry, how Jesus continues to be tempted over and over again, but he understands the lies that comes with it. He understands the only way for us to truly live is to truly trust that God loves us. That God knows us and God cares about us. That's where our hope lies. Not in what we do or have or don't do or have. Because those are temporary. 
God loves you because God's chosen you. God loves you because God created you. But we're so tempted. We're so tempted to believe in something else. It seems too simple. Too easy. We're afraid that maybe God hasn't given us the full picture. And we're tempted to believe in other stories of life. But they will always lead you to death. It's trust in God. Obey God's call that gives us life. So we enter this season of Lent knowing that we will be tempted. But knowing that God is greater. Knowing that as Jesus endured his temptations, so too we can be reminded of God's faithfulness. And God's love that brings us back to bringing our brokenness before God. And trusting God will take that upon himself and give us life. So sisters and brothers in Christ, if you'd like to go a little deeper in today's gospel, I invite you to think about this. As God's beloved... How do you or how could you remind yourself of God's promises God has made to you? To know the lies of evil that somehow you have to do more for God to really love you. The amazing story of God is God loves you. And God invites you to trust that. To live that. Despite whatever may be going on in your life this moment, God is greater. And the lies of the devil will never give you hope. It's only the promise of God that you are and always will be God's beloved. Amen.
Together, let us affirm our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We proclaim Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen one, confessing him as Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we acclaim Jesus as Lord of the Church, the head of all things, beginning of a new creation. We acknowledge that we live and work between the time of Christ's death and resurrection and the final consummation of all things which he will bring. We are a pilgrim people, always on the way towards the promised gold. Christ feeds us with word and sacraments, and we have the gift of the Spirit in order that we may not lose the way. We will live and work within the faith and unity of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, bearing witness to that unity, which is both Christ's gift and his will. We affirm that every member of the church is engaged to confess the faith of Christ crucified. Together with all the people of God, we will serve the world for which Christ died and await his return. Amen. We will now have the gathering of offerings.
In preparation of our prayers, we hear words from Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come this day to give you our thanks, prayers, and gifts of time, talent, and treasure for your mission in the world to bring good news, help, and hope for all people. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We remember those who have recently died, including Del Blowers, Ray Bozeman, and Harry Guyton. O oh God, receive them into the arms of your mercy and everlasting peace. And may the truth and promise of God's resurrection bring comfort and hope to their families and friends who grieve. Merciful God, receive our prayer. New to our prayer list is Mary Moss. Leaving the prayer list with thanksgiving for healing is Carol Stefacek, Deb Weithel, Joan Bistel, and Carol Caswell. We take time now to silently pray for those who remain on our prayer list, as well as for others in our hearts and situations in our lives. God of life, you are the same God who banished our first parents from Eden, sent your only son to this earth, devastated by sin to bring redemption and hope so that we, your prodigal children, might return to you. We come to you as repentant and redeemed through your mercy to receive our identity and life in you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Lord God, there are many among us who face barren times, wilderness times in their lives. Help us to minister your loving presence to them so that they may come through the wilderness and enter the promised land. Help us to bring food to the hungry, water to the thirsty, shelter to the homeless, courage to those who faint, and hope to those who are tempted to despair. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Lord God, in this time of continuing conflict between nations, when we are being tested to see if we will do justice as well as love mercy, we pray for guidance and for your light to lead the way to the leaders of all nations. Bring hope and comfort to those who are deeply affected by the conflicts and raise your church to provide a light in the darkness. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of the journey, 
walk with us as we travel together these 40 days of Lent. May we experience your presence in each step we take. Forgive us when we become tired from the journey and want to give up. Empower us to be faithful witnesses of your glory and bearers of your love to one another and to the world. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renew your whole creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. Let us join together in the singing of the prayer that Jesus taught us. service has been a blessing to those in the sanctuary, to those who are viewing online, as truly we get an opportunity to take and know how much God cares. Hear this blessing today. Brothers and sisters, God has given us a fresh start. We are sinners, but forgiven sinners, embraced by God who loves us. God always lifts our burdens, forgives our mistakes, and fills our emptiness. Go now and share this good news and may God's love surround you. Christ's peace dwell in you and the Spirit's breath fill you with the freshness of new life. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our closing hymn.
with a new life and a fresh start. Thanks be to God. Amen.